This is Preach Freedom by Alex Mole. Let's get talking. Hello everyone, this is Alex Umole with Preach Freedom Podcast. Thank you for joining us today in our podcast. Today I have Pastor Sean O'Neill. Pastor Sean O'Neill is the outreach pastor of Christian Life Center and he and I have been designated to run the social justice initiative at Christian Life Center. Sean is very passionate. He has a lot of experience in multiple areas. He's currently a researcher in his postgraduate program with his Christian um, um, University called the Southeastern University. Sean, it's good to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Excited for the work that you're doing. Excellent. And I'm, I'm impressed by how you are able to navigate and network with the community around you. You have been one of the most impactful pastors in the South Florida area with your connections and with your interpersonal relationship with the community around us. So I have a few questions. I know you have been dealing on subjects of social justice. As an intro, what would you have to say concerning social justice and the role of the church in this day and age? Well, I think that it's important for us as the church, the, you know, the big C church to, you know, stand by the word of God in each situation uh, that uh, might arise. And often what has been my perception is that we get caught up or swept away with politics or with the agenda. And we, we don't stand firm on what God's word already says regarding the matter, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, in the old Testament where God talked about the alien and those, you know, I mean, we're in America and we're a country that is founded on immigrants. And so our immigration laws and is, is a big social justice issue that I feel God's word speaks, speaks precisely and very clearly about. And if we would go back to those writings and would actually uh, implement uh, what God's word is, is calling us as the body of Christ to do, I think we could make a huge impact in that arena. Wonderful, Sean. Wonderful. I know you have been very you know, instrumental to a lot of projects and initiatives that we as a church in Christian Life Center has partnered with the community around. Can you just quickly highlight your views on the benefits of partnerships with the, of the church and the community? Absolutely. You know, uh, we're better together. That's it. You know, that's in a short, shortest sentence, I could say, you know, we're not meant to do it alone. I believe that uh, what each partnership brings to the table uh, creates the whole and not any one entity. Even the church as as multifaceted and functioning as we are, uh, we're strengthened by partnerships. And I'm thinking in this with the city or and when we're partnered with other nonprofit organizations that are specialists in the field that we're trying to uh, operate in. And so it's our best interest to bring along those specialists, to bring along, uh, to build a, a community where, you know, the whole is greater. And, you know, one of our core values at Christian Life Center is that the we is greater than the me. And I believe that we should lead that by example. And, and community partnership is a prime example of that. I love that. The, the we is, is greater than the me. I love that. <laughs> you know, I know that with your own background and experience, um, talking about prison reforms now. Yes. Um, you have, you know, been to prison, you've been to jail. You have a phenomenal story to tell there. I know you're writing a book about it. Yes. And um, 
what would you say about uh, the church getting involved in legal reforms, such as prison reforms, such as uh, police reforms and all that? What was your take on that? Well, I believe that God is all about restoration and reconciliation. And, you know, as the church being represented here uh, as, of God, I feel that uh, it's our rightful place. When we're talking about uh, working with uh, reforms when it comes to uh, criminal justice, for instance, in how we how inmates are treated and how the actual system itself. I mean, currently, having gone through the system, and I know there are some reforms, and I don't mean to uh, speak less of those or take away from their impact, but overall, the the prison system has been set in such a way to where it's almost impossible for an individual to regain their rights, to be uh, become a gainful member of the society with which they are. They feel that they're treated as outcasts. And this is a fact, uh, the stat that um, it is actually in our best interest to help an individual on the front end, if we can help someone that's create that has committed a crime and they've done their time, if we as a church and the community come together as constituents to make the to create a pathway for the inmate for these uh, citizens, if you will, to be gainfully re-entered into society, it will cost much less. Then if we neglect them and we don't help them to to regenerate and to uh, truly be restored, that in the end, chances are, and the statistic is that 85% of those citizens will commit a new crime. What does that mean? Wow. Well, not only is the cost that goes in with arresting them and jailing them and, and housing them, but then you have to think about the victims and then what that costs is the stress that that brings on the community as well. Uh -huh. So I, 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 am, I am a proponent of the church uh, being directly involved with the prison systems and helping to reform to help the citizens so that they can become productive. That I believe is God's will. I know that a lot of people have had a lot of questions against um, or statements and opinions against the church's involvement in things that are not deemed to be spiritual um, reformation or um, spiritual ministry to the human person. You know, a lot of times there have been criticism on the idea that the church should only be involved in the spiritual development and growth of an individual and not the day-to-day -day life of the individual. And your, your view brings a different perspective to the church's role in this respect. And I know you have initiated and you run several jail ministries yes. within the context of a ministry as a Pentecostal church, but not a, a lot of Pentecostal church do that. You know, I know that um, statistics shows that a lot of mainline denominations, such as the Catholic church and also the Protestant churches tend to involve more in social justice issues than Pentecostal churches in South Florida. Now, now this is more like a demographical question. What's your own view regarding the involvement of Pentecostal churches in South Florida in the issues of social justice? Well, I believe that we have a, we have a voice. And if we unify that voice around God's word, I believe that we would be uh, a force that could bring about change for the betterment of our society, for the betterment of South Florida. And I believe that we would 
uh, we would find ourselves welcome in those spaces by those other uh, mainline Protestant churches and the Catholic Church that you mentioned earlier. So I believe, um, you know, those of us that have influence in those Pentecostal circles uh, to, to, to begin calling our brothers and our sisters to the table and, and talking about these situations. And one thing is that we, we have to change the focus from what separates us or divides us, and we need to focus on what, what unites us. And that's God, that's his word, and that's the issues of justice and righteousness. And if we focus on those things, I believe that we could unify and we can make a huge impact spiritually and, and globally. So the issues of, of, of justice, partnering with not just non-church organizations, but partnering with church-based organizations as well. So churches partnering with churches. And I, I love what you said regarding having a voice. You know, a lot of churches should realize no matter how small your membership is, you still have a voice. Absolutely. And you can use that voice for good. Absolutely. You can use that voice for the promotion of societal good. Now, changing a little bit of gears here, um, I'm curious to know your perspective, whether the demographic composition of South Florida tends to affect the way social justice looks within the context, because South Florida has a lot of immigrants, you know, from the Caribbeans, from um, um, South America and those areas, you know. So do you think that because South Florida is filled with a lot of immigrants, it changes the dynamics of how social justice looks in that context? I, I would say that we would probably be naive if we said it didn't. But should it? I don't think it should. Um, so we, I think we have a, a greater opportunity because of the diversity of, the, of, the, of our region in South Florida that the laws that, were, that are being written and being put in place, we have an opportunity to put some things in place that would be unprecedented. And so, like we said, it's important for us to rally around that unified voice and so that we can stand. And I believe this firmly that God talks about being an advocate and, and we need to advocate for those who do not have a voice. And I believe that we haven't done that well. And so this is our hour. I believe this is the time in the church, you know, we have to reach out to the, a lot of times, let me say this, I believe that the, the local church pastor is so focused on pastoring the community. His, his congregation. Yes. Yeah. And they don't recognize the influence that they have as a whole in the community. And I, and I, I believe that's a, a, an opportunity for us to pray and to really uh, inspire those men and women of God in our community to, to say, hey, God, God has placed us here and together we can make change that will bring glory to God and bring the kingdom of God here to earth as it is in heaven. I love what you pointed and alluded to the fact that as pastors, as ministers, we are meant to minister to the community and not just to our congregation. Absolutely. And a lot of Pentecostal churches are stuck within the four walls of their church because obviously the distinctive of Pentecostal churches and Pentecost is, you know, the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, uh, Pentecost, uh, expressive worship services. That's what Pentecostals are known for yes. and less of social impact. So we need to switch the tables, still do um, the manifestation of gifts and um, expressive worship services, but also add the component of reaching out to the community and impacting the community for with the love of Jesus Christ. So that's so good, what you just said. Another question I would love to actually focus on before we begin to round up here is also the idea that 
you know, as an outreach pastor, what is one of the biggest challenges you have faced in the area of social justice within our community and within the church environment? You know, you have done outreach for a number of years now, and you have interacted with people both in the church and outside the church. So in the context of social justice, what would you say would be a big challenge, you know, in outreach, in social justice, engagement, and in the church's involvement in, in the issues of social justice? I believe the the the, the big boulder, if you would, is to getting the the church leadership board, those that are decision makers, to really own the lostness of our community, first of all, and to begin to shift direction into community. And also, I would say this, that finances would follow that as well, that there would be more resources and attention placed on uh, making, creating environments where the expressions, our Pentecostal expressions, our holiness, our righteousness can be exemplified. And, And that could be in running for public offices, that could be in coming alongside other organizations that are already doing good in the community and coming around and, and, and strengthening them both financially and through the, the work of our hands. Uh, I believe that is the, to answer your question, Alex, that's probably the number one uh, obstacle that we need to overcome is recognizing the need and then shifting focus into meeting that need. Uh, and, and it needs to be a long-term systemic plan. It can't be just something that we would do maybe once or twice and then and then pat ourselves on the back for doing something in the community. But really owning that lostness, creating a an opportunity, like I said, for us to put Christ on display and to really change the dynamic of whatever it is we're going after. If it's, you know, children not being able to read, you know, we know there's a pipeline from, from third grade to the prison, you know, if they can't read by third grade, chances are that they're, they're not going to make it into the system that's been set up and they're going to fail and they're going to find themselves living in crime and ultimately becoming a product of the, of the prison system. So that's one area right there that we can, we can definitely show an outcome by the impact that we make. Okay. So that's, that's just one. And again, we touched on it at the early, at the front of the, of our show today, and that is prison reform. If we would be invested into prevention and working with families, starting in school and helping them to divert them from making some of these decisions. And we're not talking about just behaviors here. We're talking about character. We're talking about the character of God and and moral compasses that is, that isn't, because we are made uh-huh. in the image of God is in each and every person. Yeah. And so if we can, if we can point people in that direction and divert them from, from making those type of decisions, we would see an outcome and an impact. And again, these are things that we can track and these are, we could show a systemic change and it may take a generation or two before we see it, but we need to break that curse. Yeah. Amazing. I believe that's, that's what we, we, we have been called as the church to do. Yes. I love that. We have been called as a church to go into the society and be the light. Yes. You know, we are light that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, Hallelujah. you know, and the church must demonstrate itself as the light of the world. Now there have two more questions before we begin a round up here, but one question that is very, that I've always thought about is sometimes the church is, um, 
not able to go into society because it feels that it has uh, a difference in opinion or values with the society. A lot of churches shy away from social justice because there are some certain values um, um, progressive organizations hold that are in contravention with the church's traditional values. I remember the book written by Palau called Unlikely. Mm -hmm. And in the book, he partnered with Oregon's mayor, who was an openly, um, you know, first gay mayor. And, you know, Palau partnered with him to make changes within the society. What's your view about the church being afraid or not stepping into the areas of social justice because of the fear of being looked upon as an organization or as a church that is going along with values or people that have values that are not in line with biblical values? Well, I think that that's the culture and this the temperature of the culture that we're living in. And unfortunately, as we touched early, early on in this conversation, Alex, uh, too many of us fall into that. And I believe there's a call and, and we need a rallying call to say, first of all, Paul said to Timothy that, listen, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but power, love, and, and a sound, sound mind. mind. And so when we come alongside, we don't have to align or agree with the, with their with their value. We bring our value to the table, and we're able to bring change from within. If we can shape a decision, if we can influence a decision from going hard left or hard right, and we can bring it more towards the center, why wouldn't we? Yeah. And remember our senior pastor said, sometimes you may not be able to see eye on to eye on every issue. That's right. But you can walk arm in arm. I love that. So you may not agree with everyone on every issue, That's right. but we are called to walk as brothers. We are called to work as sisters to see the lasting change in our community. Now, final question. I would f- try to see your view concerning racial reconciliation, racial issues, racial discrimination. George Floyd. Yes. Let's talk about. Yeah. What's your perspective? What do you think the role of the church should be when it comes to racial oppression or racial discrimination? I think as the church, we, you know, we need to, we, God, God is love and we are his image bearers. And so we should reflect that love in everything that we do. Um, We're told to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. This is a, an appalling situation. And this unfortunately isn't the first time. It's something that happens again and again. And, and frankly, we need to be fed up with it. And I think that's what we're seeing, even though many of the reactions haven't been a healthy reaction, they've been destructive and probably done more harm than good. Um, we need to validate um, people of color, I believe, um, our brothers and sisters. Um, we need to validate them and know and letting them know that, first of all, that the actions that have been taken against them are not right. Um, and that, you know, we are here to see the breakthrough and to walk with them to a resolution. And, you know, that we have to, I believe, stand as the word says, let our yes be yes and our no be no. And not just say something because it's politically correct or not just say something because it's for itching ears, which we've been warned against, but because it's based in God's word, and we know what God's word is, he's love, he's for righteousness, he is for restoration, he is for reconciliation. He's, he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, they are completely unified. And I believe that that's what the calling for the people of God is to love one another. 
that's what Christ said. He said, they will, the world will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you say that Dr. Mason in his book, Walk Church, made a statement regarding this and said, we are created in the image of God. The Imago Dei. That's right. You know, we are we are created in God's image. And that's where our value comes from. It's not the color of our skin. Right. It's not uh, the background of our, our parents, whether we're wealthy or whether we're poor. But the fact that we're created in God's image, it's, it's paramount. And we should bear that in mind. And you rightly pointed out, the church should be able to speak up. You know, not even in times whereby there is tension. Right. But at all times, all we times. need to be God's mouthpiece, God's voice. And, you know, um, we need to ensure that we are preaching the gospel. The entire crux of my dissertation, which I'm writing, is on Isaiah 61, when Jesus uh, referred to it in the book of Luke, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news, to preach the gospel to the oppressed, to set the captives free. And we, as the church, were called to proclaim the mission and the mandate of Christ. So thank you, Pastor Sean, for being on the show, on the podcast uh, today. It's such a joy to have you. It's always a joy to have you. It's an honor. And, you know, thank you so much for, you know, sharing with us some of these viewpoints and some of this uh, caution and advice for the Pentecostal Church in South Florida. So I I look forward to having you again on the show. Um, So you have a wonderful day and stay blessed. Same to you. Thank you, brother. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for being on the show. Um, please subscribe and so that you can get more information about the upcoming programs that we have with you know, tremendous and versatile guests on this show. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe.